0: What is up my friends and welcome to Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren and I'm your host. This is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friend Friday on the podcast and soon I will be joined by Kaylee Allard from Pucker Up Bruins. Uh, She was on the podcast a couple weeks ago and nailed it. So I am excited to have her back on and hope that she and I can collaborate on the podcast more regularly throughout the uh, playoffs. But first, I want to remind you that if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your podcast app of choice, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Basically, anywhere podcasts are available, you can hit the subscribe button and each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to listen and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. I'm also over there at Ian C. McLaren. Now, please raise your hand if you are panicking after last night's exhibition loss, At the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now kindly put it down. Because it is way too early. To enter panic mode. Before I get to my chat with Kaylee. Let's just talk for a moment. About the. What even was the final score? 4-1 loss. Suffered by our Boston Bruins. Again at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who let's be honest. Have a lot more to prove. As the NHL gets back to game mode. Uh, The Blue Jackets enter as the ninth seed and have to play a best-of-three round against the Toronto Maple Leafs in order to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, you know, maybe our Bruins were uh, just doing the Blue Jackets a favor by giving them some confidence heading into that round against the Maple Leafs. But, in all honesty, you know, the Bruins looked pretty flat, pretty rusty in the first period, and that resulted in a 3 deficit after 20 minutes the Blue Jackets scored two goals in about what uh, 18 seconds with under two minutes remaining in the period and that was pretty much it for the Bruins although the second and third periods they did look uh, much better they uh, actually outshot the Blue Jackets in the third period but came out on the bottom end of that stat overall advantage for the Blue Jackets. Uh, The lone goal scorer for the Bruins was David Pasternak, who looked very good in his first game in uh, about four months and with limited practice with the team after missing most of Phase 3 because of quarantine. Uh, The fourth goal I should add for the Blue Jackets was scored on an empty net, so uh, you can take that one with a bit of a grain of salt. Overall, Tuka Rask allowed three goals on twenty shots. Yaroslav Halak stopped all ten shots that he faced. There's no real cause for alarm there, for those of you who are prone to jump on Rask. Uh, you know the whole team looked again pretty flat, pretty rusty in the first twenty minutes, uh, but then looked more like the Bruins that we're used to over uh, the final 40 minutes and and certainly in the third period as well. Now, if you're looking at who stood out for the Bruins, Jack Stadnicka certainly looked pretty good on the second line alongside Jake DeBrusque and David Krejci. He recorded 13 minutes and 40 seconds of ice time, including a minute 42 on the power play and had three shots on goal. Carson Kuhlman is also vying for some playing time on that right side. And he saw uh, just over 12 minutes and recorded three shots skating with Andres Bjork and Charlie Coyle. Pasternak led the way for the Bruins with four shots on goal. In terms of ice time, Charlie McAvoy and Tori Krug led the way for the Bruins just under uh, 20 minutes of ice time. Having that extra defenseman on the ice certainly alleviated, not on the ice, but on the bench, alleviated uh, you know, the pressure to play a huge amount of minutes off the top. John Moore was the seventh defenseman, and he saw uh, just over 14 minutes of ice time, took an unfortunate penalty at the 13-18 mark um, that the Bruins were able to kill off, but, uh, you know, didn't look that great overall. Um, you know, it looked like Coolman was the 13th forward in, but like I said, he got some decent minutes on the third line, and uh, Joachim Nordstrom ended up getting the short end of the ice time stick, uh, coming in last among all Bruins with about eight and a half minutes. The fourth line minutes were kind of divided between Sean Corrali, Parlinholm, Chris Wagner, and Joaquim Nordstrom. Now again, Andre Kasha remains absent from the Bruins, and this is all subject to change once he comes back. Uh, it remains to be seen whether, you know, Kuhlman would come out in lieu of Kasha or if one of these fourth line guys would come out and, you know, you opt for some speed and skill on the fourth line. Kim Nordstrom did uh, record, uh, let's see here. Yeah, the second most minutes among Bruins forwards in terms of uh, shorthanded ice time. So he's still obviously a relied upon penalty killer for Bruce Cassidy. One area of concern is the fact that Brad Marchand had to leave the game early due to an apparent injury. Uh, We shouldn't expect too much in the way of updates. If there is an injury, all we're going to hear is that he's unfit to practice. Uh, Cam Neely here on Friday morning... Said he had no update. Marchand was up uh, around two a.m. Uh, tweeting. Uh, there was an article from Joe Haggerty of NBCSN that was quote tweeted by at Dumb Sports. One, the quote from Hags was the Bruins straight up weren't ready to play out the starting gate against the Blue Jackets team that was playing at a higher intensity. And to that, Marchand responded with a frown emoji in the form of just the colon. And a bracket, not the actual emoji. So he was up at around 2 a.m. at least. And for my part, I'm not too worried about it until the games actually begin to matter, which is Sunday against the Flyers with the round robin. And then ultimately uh, next week when the playoffs actually begin. And that's the same philosophy I'm taking in terms of judging Boston's effort last night. It was their first game in months. Um, the Blue Jackets, yeah, granted they are forced to come out with a bit more intensity because their games will matter right off the bat when they begin their series against the Maple Leafs. Uh, they have much more to prove and play for right away. Um, and for the Bruins, it's just kind of a feeling out process, getting used to each other. There are some new pieces in the lineup, Jack Nika, most notably, um, and Bruce Cassidy praised his play after the game, said he liked his initiative, um, and got a couple good looks. He was on pucks, a couple soft backhand plays, but he had some of the Bruins' better chances, and Bruce Cassidy thought he played well, so we could expect him to be a fixture in the lineup at the very least. Um, He admitted as well, this is Cassidy, that... Columbus had more urgency out of the gate. They're getting ready for elimination games. Their mindset is different than the Bruins. And um, we can't fault Rask, I don't think, for the way the game started. And um, again, Bruce Cassidy plans on using both goalies in the round robin. Uh, Rask likely to play Sunday against the Flyers, Cassidy said. See how he feels coming out of that game and make a decision who goes against Tampa a few days later um so yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say about that exhibition game against the blue jackets, thanks to those who jumped on my hot mic to watch me uh yeah watch the game and provide a little fun commentary along the way. That's something I plan on doing um more and more throughout the playoffs so i check my Twitter for the details. Uh, but for now, let's get to my chat with Kaylee Allard. Again, she writes for Pucker Up Bruins. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to have her back on to talk about some Boston Bruins hockey and uh, just to catch up in general. So yeah, enjoy this chat and hope you all have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with a recap of Sunday's game. Hopefully a win against the Philadelphia Flyers.
1: No, I was going to say, I don't know if I'm thankful for hockey because of last night, but yeah. it could have been worse. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we, we can start talking about that. And then since there won't be another one on the weekend, maybe just talk, we can talk about the Flyers game. And then maybe I haven't really done like predictions yet for the Eastern Conference qualifiers. So maybe we can do that. Okay. Too, just for fun. And then. yeah. But yeah, how much did you how much of the game did you watch last night?
1: all of it. How about
0: you? I, uh, you know what? I watched Well, I watched the first period and I did it I would started this like hot mic thing where it's me watching. <laughs> I thought it was more like a Zoom call situation where people jump on and we all chat and stuff, but it's more of a uh, just recording me watching the game and people can chat like on their computers and stuff. So I did that for the first period, so I didn't get to see too much of the game because I was like concentrating on getting that set up but then I think I saw pasta's goal and then I checked out probably near the end of the second period and then watched a the show instead
1: yeah the first period was the worst I I was honestly shocked I was just sitting there in silence like <laughs> I don't get angry I just get quiet <laughs> yeah. like you know some people are yelling at their tv and like swearing and I just sit there and I'm like okay okay like honestly the <laughs> second Tuca let that Boon Jenner goal in I was like yeah. it set the momentum for the rest of the game because yeah.
0: it took me a few Tuka, days to figure out how that one went in that was yeah
1: weird it, yeah it was a weird one it wasn't Tuca's fault despite what people say yeah. but <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it rarely is but we won't don't get me started on that
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 definitely it,
1: yeah, it was just weird. And I feel like Tuca takes his job very seriously and he is a perfectionist. Yeah. You know, he does get angry when things don't go his way. So I feel like whenever sure. he lets in a goal like that, he like it just gets in his head and he just, there's yeah. like a point of no return, which I feel like is something he needs to work on. But I feel like that automatically set the momentum for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, overall, they looked. Pretty rusty as a group in the first period. Like the guys in front of him certainly didn't help that much. And I mean, I wasn't after right after the game, I was like, there's no reason to really get too worked up over it. I'm not gonna make a lot of judgments just because it's their first game and forever. And even I think even Bruce Cassidy said afterwards, like Columbus. They have a different mindset because their their games start to matter like right away. Whereas Boston's, you know, they the games against the round robin teams matter a bit, but not really. So the Bruins have a bit more time to kind of like ease into things. They were trying some stuff out, like Jack on the second line, which I thought was actually like a high point. He looks he looks so good. I'm so pumped for for him, and I hope that he does stay in the lineup because he. You looked really good with, with Krejci and DeBrusque, for sure. They they had a lot of good chances.
1: Yeah, that was one of the best lines. And uh, Corrali had a really good night, too. Um, mm. And I I just wrote an article about him that he's definitely one to watch in the playoffs. So I'm really excited between uh, Studnica on that line and then seeing Corrali as well, because I really feel like the young guys are going to come out in these playoffs. I feel like this is their time to shine, just seeing the flow of everything and the way that everything's going.
0: Yeah, for sure. Even um Carson Kuhlman, he got some good time like on the third line with Bjork and Corley. I thought I thought that really worked well too. I kind of thought that I said this in the introductory bit too, but I kind of thought that Kuhlman would be like the 13th forward. And then Corrali had been playing on the third line during practice this week too, but I guess they put Kuhlman on the third line and then they had four guys kind of rotating on the fourth line. Um, and that's kind of a luxury that they have that they can dress 13 players for these games in the bubble, which is kind of cool. And yeah, I don't know. Like I haven't heard Andre Kash's name all week. I don't know what's going to happen when he arrives, where he's going to fit in, but the Bruins have the luxury right now of of being pretty deep and having guys that can fill in on the right side. So it's going to be interesting when he does come, if they take out, A skilled guy like Kuhlman and keep going with those grinders in the fourth line or if they I'd I'd even like to see Kuhlman get some looks on the fourth line and I forgot about Nick Ritchie too he's got to fit in there somewhere
1: yeah I I feel like there's
0: there's,
1: yeah there's like so many pieces to the puzzle and I have really I'm just like so on edge about Kase because I'm like all right, how is this all going to play out once he comes back? And then obviously we have yeah. a mark and injury up in the air, which I yeah. really don't think it was serious, but I, I'd rather it happen now.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess like they have the day off today. I don't know if you saw their like playing spike ball at the Toronto soccer team's field and walk around with Tim Hortons and stuff. So I think they're, they got the day off today. So I wouldn't expect we'll hear much until tomorrow or Saturday about Marshan, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem too serious. Yeah. Which, which is good.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I said earlier, sure. no news is usually good news. So I'm hoping yeah. for the best, but that would be a huge loss. Um, yeah. if he, even if he missed one game, I mean, I, we need everyone. I, <laughs> this is our redemption yeah. tour. So <laughs> I I do not want any injuries. <laughs>
0: He had that one play, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but he like coughed the puck up in the middle of the offensive zone, and a blue jacket had like a clear look. Like uh, he kind of makes those plays here and here and there, but that's kind of con- frustrating and concerning. But he just seems to have these brain farts every once in a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want I. I have been having nightmares about that line change that he took in game seven last year. So every little mistake he makes, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, be smarter than that, please.
1: Yeah, or like when he uh, completely missed the puck in the shootout earlier this year. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. At center ice. That was yeah, that was crazy. I, I joked about that when it happened. Like, or I think that happened in like, January, and then everything started to go crazy in the world pretty much right after so I kind of joked that his missed shootout like threw the world off off track or something like that because it was it just seemed like everything went to shit right after that it was crazy he turned
1: the world upside down yeah. <laughs> the shot heard round the world or the miss shot heard around the world, the around the yeah,
0: world. so yeah I'm not I'm not too worried about this game against the Blue Jackets they do have a game Sunday against the Flyers and that's kind of I don't know if we talked about this last time you were on, but the whole having to re-earn the first seed or playing these round-robin games to see where they end up. Uh, do you think it matters that much where they end up, or do you think they should just get out there and get that top seed back? I don't know. I don't think it matters that much. But.
1: No, I don't think it matters because our team is our team. We, I, Everyone knows we're good. The Bruins know that they're yeah. good. I mean – best team in the league on paper uh, pasta is the best score. I mean, nothing, nothing has changed except for the time off. Um, if anything, if I was, you know, if I was like Montreal, I'd be worried, but <laughs> to me, um, the setup is a little wonky, but I don't think it's going to affect their mindset or how they play at all. I think it's going to make them want it more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I don't. Yeah. Again, the whole point of the top seed is to get, Home ice advantage, and obviously, that doesn't really mean anything in these playoffs. So, it's just about matchups, and there isn't really anybody in the qualifier round that I'm particularly afraid of. Like, I probably wouldn't want to play the Penguins, I guess, but other than that, I don't know. I'm not really worried about any of the bottom eight teams that are in the qualifying round. Do you think that's pretty fair?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I feel like the Flyers game will kind of set the tone, though, because I'm really interested in seeing how they come back on Sunday after last night. And I know last night technically doesn't mean anything, but I'm curious to see how the momentum will shift from last night into a Sunday matinee game. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the Bruins have always been a little rusty in matinee games in general. I still get nervous about them to this day i don't know what it is but whenever i see there's a like weekend matinee i'm like i don't know how yeah. i feel about it.
0: that's true although my favorite game one of my favorite games this season was the black friday game against the rangers where uh pasta had that amazing play to set up Krejci in overtime so they can do it but yeah i agree i th- i feel like too the flyers they're in this weird spot where they like have nothing to lose because they have nowhere to go but up in the seating. But they also have the most to prove out of the top four teams. To because I certainly didn't think they were a top four team at the beginning of the season. So maybe just proving that they belong there. I think they'll come out pretty strong, really. And and if the Bruins play in the first period like they did last night, the, it could be not not fun to watch. <laughs> But I, I think they'll be a bit stronger out of the gate than they were last night for sure.
1: Yeah, I think Sunday will honestly be one of the most interesting games that we're going to see in the qualifiers because, like you said, the Flyers <laughs> have something to prove. Uh, no one expected the performance that they've had out of them this year. And yeah. I think that it's kind of like do or die. I mean, they've been in a slump for so long. And this is now their time to get back into the postseason and show everyone what they can do. And they have a pretty strong core. So, I mean, they, they kind of remind me of the Bruins. They they have some vets and they have decent goaltending and also their mix of young guys. So I feel like they're the perfect concoction to whereas yeah. I feel like Sunday is going to be one of our toughest games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. They're They're super young and talented, but they have those guys who have been around for a while and, and haven't achieved the success that they want. Plus, mm-hmm. like you said, they finally have like decent goaltending and Carter Hurt, he's I've been watching him for a while like when he was up in Canada playing juniors, he was the best goalie junior goalie up here for a few years straight. So, um they're in really good hands with with him for sure and that's something the Flyers haven't had in a while. I, I am interested, too, about the, the Tampa game on Wednesday just to see if kind of that those fireworks that we saw near the end of the regular season are still there. And, uh, I mean, Tampa looked really good against the Flyers. Or not the Flyers, the Panthers the other day. Yeah. And they have something <laughs> to to. So I think, I don't know. It's always like, yeah, obviously Tampa is going to do well, but they don't. So that'll be interesting to see. I think that'll be a big measuring stick game for the for the Lightning.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because they're also a team that seems to just about make it, but they never do, especially last yeah. year. Like, who thought that they would have got yeah. swept last year? I mean, they're also hungry for redemption. So I feel like the coronavirus has gave us the perfect concoction of, like, really hungry teams, and it's really just going to be yeah. the last because I feel like everyone's in desperation mode um, and everyone's had the same amount of time off. I almost feel like, I at first didn't think it was fair, but I almost feel like this is the most fair playoffs ever because it's it's yeah. like every man for himself and the best guy wins.
0: Yeah, 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 you're right. And there's no, yeah, no home nice advantage. It's like no fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like teams are healthy for the most part. So, yeah, I think... It's like playing in a neutral site on pretty equal ground. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be pretty fun to watch, I think.
1: Do you think that the um, no fans will affect anyone, like either negatively or positively at all? Do you think that has any impact on the sport in general?
0: I was actually thinking about that the other day, and um, it reminded me, like, when I was in college, we had – we had an intramural hockey league that was, it was a pretty, it was like a really small college. And this intramural hockey league was like the biggest thing every year. And I just remember playing, there's like nobody watching, nobody cares. And for us playing, it was like the most, it was still the most serious thing in the world, right? Like listen to music before the game to get pumped up and you just want to Want to win, so even on like that small scale where it means absolutely nothing um, for these guys, I think it's still. I mean, Stanley Cup is on the line, so fans or no fans, I think they're still going to be like. I mean, we've already seen like fights in these exhibition games and stuff, so I I don't think it matters that much that there won't be fans. Um, it might. I think it'll make for more exciting games because with momentum. Sometimes if the home crowd's really on a team or whatever, like you can have long stretches of play where the crowd like kind of carries it. But I think teams will maybe bounce back quicker from getting scored on, kind of thing, because there's just like no distractions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I don't. What What do you think? Do you think it's gonna make a big deal or?
1: uh I mean, there's pros and cons because there's obviously pros about paying, playing in front of your home crowd. And there's also cons yeah. about playing in an away building. Um, right. I feel like for the Bruins specifically, it won't affect them because I feel like the Bruins, they always have these weird streaks where they either do really well at home or really well on the road. So as of right, right. now, that's totally off my radar because I feel like our season has been pretty good overall and even keeled whether it's a home or away game.
0: So I
1: feel like, yeah, it is less distraction, but there is no crowd to pump you up. But at the same time, it sounds kind of silly. I feel like Toronto and Edmonton could have a little Mm. bit of an advantage because even though there's no fans, you're still on home ice and you're still comfortable in that building. So I almost think that they're really going to have that home advantage, um, even though there's no fans. Because if the hub or if the bubble was TD Garden, I feel like the Bruins would be like, oh, you know, this yeah. is awesome. This is home. We feel, you know, other people yeah. are coming to our territory. So, right yeah. now, I feel like uh, Toronto and Edmonton have a little bit of an edge on everyone else because they have that famili- familiarity. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, even if you look back last year, the Bruins lost three games in the final at home. So Very true. It's just like <laughs> – one that when it comes to the playoffs, it's it's like there's so much that has to go right for you to win and a lot of luck, a lot of health. So I think all that will kind of be more, more. Uh, I don't know, more of a thing than, than where the games are played. Like just having that luck, having the bounces. It was funny because I was watching last night's game and there's like, there's no netting behind the net or behind the goals because there's no fans, obviously. And it reminded me of last year how um, Columbus, like, scored after the puck went in the netting and it wasn't whistled down. And it, I don't know, that just made me angry that, <laughs> that that happened. But I guess it's just, uh yeah, another thing that they might have to get used to, like not having that netting there, just little things like that.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting too is the Stanley Cup is usually won in the away team's arena, so it's right. going to be interesting with that too. Yeah, like true. with no fans, like it would be crazy yeah. if Toronto or Edmonton won it in their yeah. arena with no fans. Like they finally win yeah. and there's no fans, but no parade. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I kept saying before all this happened, I'm like, if the Bruins win, I'm flying up to Boston. I'm going in the parade. Yeah. I don't care. I'm making it happen, but it's going to be weird that that's non-existent now, which is pretty sad. So it it feels like there's less to be accomplished, but I mean, a win is a win. So everyone just has to play like a regular Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: Yeah. It would actually be insane if the Leafs won and weren't able to have a parade because everybody joked before the season about the Leafs like planning the parade, but, and when the Raptors won last year. The parade was insane. There was like two million people, or no, maybe not that much, but like I think there was at least a million people downtown. The parade took like six hours because the people were so packed in. So I can only imagine what it would be like for the Leafs when, if they finally win. But this year, I guess, yeah, it would just be—I don't know what they would do. What the yeah, winning team is going to
1: do. Toronto's been suffering for a while, so. It would be just their luck if Toronto yeah. won and the fans Seriously. couldn't even go. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, they're still going to pack the bars and everything, and they're still going to go yeah. crazy, but they would be so upset if they couldn't get their parade.
0: Yeah, actually, Toronto just opened up to, like, phase three of opening reopening, so people are allowed to go inside bars and stuff now just in time for hockey. So hopefully that doesn't, like cause a bump in Toronto anyways.
1: Yeah, true. I Speaking guess the, time will tell.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the Leafs, I haven't done like any predictions or anything yet on the podcast, so I thought maybe we could go real quick through the four playoff series in the East, the qualifying rounds, and just see who we think might win. So I guess we can start with the Leafs, Leafs and the Blue Jackets. What are you what are you thinking about that series?
1: Uh I'm going to have to give it to the Blue Jackets. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I the I mean, I know the Leafs have their star players and everything, but the Blue Jackets have been so consistent and I feel like they're that quiet team that you don't expect to just come up and bite you. Um right. and you know, the Leafs are notorious for I don't want to say choking, but (laughs) never really being able to grasp, um, what they want to do. And I mean, it's great that you have, you know, Austin Matthews and your top line, you know, but when that's all you have, you're really not going to get that far. Like, I feel like the blue jackets are, uh, very well, well rounded. I cannot talk today. I feel like the blue jackets (laughs) are very well rounded and, um, uh, especially what I saw last night, um, their goaltending as well. They mm-hmm. were a pretty tough matchup for us. So I yeah. I say the Blue Jackets.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I, I think the Blue Jackets, they can certainly cause a real problem for the Maple Leafs. Just like, they're so tenacious. And if the Leafs, big guys aren't going, then maybe they'll have some problems. I, th- I still think, I don't know. I I guess I'll still go with the Leafs just because they have like such star talent that Columbus doesn't, and that should help them rise to the top. Um, but yeah, I think if anybody could beat them in the first round, it's uh it's the Blue Jackets just to, because they have that such yeah aggressive forechecking and uh, a defensive style that could really knock those kind of guys off their game. I think I saw today that the team that wins the first game of a best of five wins a series like 87% of the time. So if Columbus can jump out and take that first game, then they'll be in a, a prime spot. But I still think it'll be, I think it'll be the Leafs, but maybe in five games.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really can go either way. Like I say the Blue Jackets, but I don't feel strongly in that sense. I'm just like, oh, I feel like they could just squeak by the Leafs. Um, And, yeah. you know, depending – you know, everyone thinks of Matthews and Marner, but it's like, who else do you really think is going to come forward? I mean, it, it very likely could happen, but everyone just kind of looks at both of them and they're like, all right, bring us a cup. And I just don't think yeah. that's practical or in the cards for them right now. Right. But we'll see.
0: And even Tavares, like he – He's great, but he's never really done anything in the playoffs either. So I don't just, I don't really have much confidence in him like carrying a team to the cup or anything.
1: Absolutely. Um, I felt like he stood uh, out so much um, on the Islanders. And I'm sure yeah. Islanders fans love to see that he's kinda fallen back a little bit with the Leafs because
0: yeah.
1: like you said, what have you done?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what's another series? I guess the Panthers Islanders, probably the, I would say that was probably going to be the least watched of all the Eastern (laughs) ones. Anyways, what do you think about one?
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually have a huge soft spot for the Panthers because I just lived in Florida for a few years Uh, and I went to like 10 of their games. Um, I'm not a Panthers fan, but it saddens me because they really are so underrated and I feel yeah. like they have yeah. such a great core of guys with between their veterans and the young guys. And they obviously have a chari who I've loved him on the Bruins. I feel like he's definitely an up and comer. I mean, he already is reaching his full potential and he's really shining. on, on the former Bruins. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm still going to have to pick the Islanders though. Um obviously.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna guy. have to pick the Islanders because Bobrovsky just can't live up to the hype. Uh he can never get the job done even in the regular season. Um and like yeah. I said, it's never the goalies' fault, but some of the things that some of the <laughs> goals he lets in are just inexcusable for the type of yeah. contract yeah. he has and the type of experience he has. So yeah. I feel like again, this one is pretty even um but goaltending wise it's going to be up to Bobrovsky and I don't think he's up to the task
0: (laughs) yeah I mean it's hard to argue against that based on how he's played this year I I've said all season long that if he gave them even like average goaltending they would they would have been they could have been a top three team like you know like they they've had a lot of opportunities this season to like even pass Toronto in the standings. They could have been a third place. team, I think if, if he had played even close to what he's being paid for and what he's capable of. So I think you're right. I think he's a big X factor. Um, And I, I think I am going to go with the Panthers just for that reason, but also because I think, yeah, right. They are very talented. Like, uh, they got some young players. They have like Barkov and Huberto who are probably the most underrated, like top duo in the NHL forward wise. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't really love the the Islanders, to be honest. Their their success the last couple of years is, is kind of built on a house of cards, I think, and they're not as good as, as their record. I don't think Barry Trotz has a lot to do with that. And their goaltending, I don't love it either with Varlamov and Grace. So Mm I think the Panthers, I think the Panthers pull it out. But I think that one could go five games as well.
1: Yeah, they're uh, both the series we just talked about are pretty even keeled. It's just up to those key players to come through and kind of make that difference. But I'm really surprised that we disagree so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Well, this one we probably would agree on is uh, Montreal and Pittsburgh. The uh, yeah. <laughs> fifth place team against the 12th place team, Montreal. Are they the twenty? Are they Montreal and Chicago is like the lowest ranked of all the teams that are yeah. in the bubbles. A lot of people are saying, well, maybe Carrie Price can steal it for the Canadians, but I, I just don't see that. Don't see it happening. What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, yeah, same. I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh. Um, definitely uh, the Canadians shouldn't even be in the playoffs. We all know that. <laughs> yep. It doesn't mean that they won't win, but there, I honestly couldn't even tell you one guy on the Canadians that stands out to me, uh, yeah. even Carrie Price. Uh, he's never been very consistent. Um, never, never done much for the team. Uh, never got them mm-hmm. past the first round um, since 2011. Uh, so yeah, there's really no one that stands out to me. Obviously, the Penguins have so much depth and so much experience. I mean, I don't yeah. think the Canadians are gonna stop uh, Crosby or Malkin. Um, no. no one, no one can really stop them. If you, if you do, you're lucky. So, um, yeah. and then they have uh, Gensel. Um, he's great. He's a great uh, forward. Uh, yeah, Matt Murray. Matt Murray for goaltending, he's pretty good. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Penguins have all their stars as per usual, uh, solid goaltending as well. And I don't think the Canadians are uh, even close to that. So we'll see.
0: I would agree. I agree. I I don't think the maybe the Canadians will win a game or two, but maybe not even two. A game. (laughs) I think they. um, I mean, Carey Price and Shea Weber. I think they're yeah, obviously. Excellent players, but um, I don't think there's enough like around them to. I think uh, who was one player was joking the other day, like or somebody was saying they couldn't even name like the top line for the Canadians, and I was like, I don't even know if I could at the moment.
1: Oh they, my they god! Nice I don't big, think I can either. <laughs>
0: uh, they have some good like pieces that I like, like younger guys like Suzuki and stuff like that but I yeah I I just don't think uh they should even be here really I I think the Penguins will will deal with them pretty handily. Yeah Um, the only
1: uh Canadians players that really stand out to me are like some of the veterans like uh Shea Weber on defense and um and then obviously Carey Price, but he's never yeah. even been an elite goaltender in my opinion, so I would be absolutely shocked if they won more than two games.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, Philip Deneau is a pretty underrated center for them too, but yeah, he's not on the level of like a Crosby or Malkin. There. there we go. We agree on one so far. One out of two. Uh, and then the last one <laughs> I think this will be the best series of them all, the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Dougie Hamilton's going to play the first game at least, but I still think it'll be a really good series. Um, who do you think is going to come out on top in this one?
1: Oh, man, this one's really hard for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm i going to go out on a total limb and say the Rangers. Uh, I, I really... I was going to say the Hurricanes, um, because they've had um, some more luck in the past years. But I think the Rangers are sick of losing. (laughs) And um, I also think they really want to get Lundqvist a cup, which I totally agree that he deserves one if they do make it. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I really think uh, Panarin's going to, you know, produce like he should. Um, Then Jed, he's really fun to watch. Um, And also... um, I don't even know how to say his last name, but Igor, their other goalie. I can't even pronounce uh, his last
0: yeah. name.
1: Shostorkin? I don't know. Yeah, Sh- <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I think he is a pretty top performer, too, and he's definitely going to yeah. take Longqvist's place. So I think their goaltending is uh, pretty solid as well. Um, uh, the Hurricanes, I mean – I don't know. They have Ajo. Uh, they have Justin Williams, who's obviously a, a good veteran. Uh, they got Trocek yeah. from the Panthers earlier this year. Oh, um, oh, and then uh, Mrazek is a great goaltender. Um, I mean, this one is super even for me, too, but I think the Rangers are going to pull it off. I, I just have a feeling and I feel like they really want to get a cup to their fans. Um, and I think they're hungry for it.
0: I'm actually with you on this one too. I think the Ranger. I think the Rangers could be a team that surprises and goes really far. Um, like you said, they have not only Longqvist and Shosturkin. Is that what we're agreeing on? Uh, but also they have like three starting level goalies with Georgiev in there as well. Panarin's uh, MVP candidate, and yeah, Zabarnyaj is like he was on fire before the. I think he had like a five goal game right before the the pause. Um, I just think they're, if they don't win or not win this year, but if they don't go far this year, I think they are going to be like a powerhouse in the, in the Eastern conference for a while. They're so young. Uh, They kept Chris Kreider, which was a big deal. We all remember the Bruins. Um, There was a lot Mm -hmm. of rumors that he could go to the Bruins, but they kept him and re-signed him. And I think he, he kind of, Typifies their team with like, he's got so much skill and can score, but he's also uh, kind of got some Brad marchand in him, too, like a little rat, radishness in him, if, if that's word, like mix things up. So I think, yeah, I think they're, I could see them not only beating the Hurricanes, but also beating whoever they play in. First and second round I could see them going off for they're they're like a they're a team that I would not want the Bruins to be matched up with in the in the next round for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree because the hurricanes, uh the hurricanes and rangers are pretty even um based on their rosters and the guys that they've had, yeah, but yeah. I still feel like the hurricanes are in the process of rebuilding and trying to get that dream team that they want. Um not right, that they've right. been bad, they've definitely been impressive in the most recent years. Um, but I don't think they're ready, and I don't think they have that drive or the talent just yet where I feel like the Rangers just locked in the group of guys that's going to get them pretty far. And I feel like yeah. they have good chemistry. I mean, between Lung, Lundquist, who's an elite goaltender and a veteran of the sport, and then you have uh, Panarin, who's young and hungry to help them win it. I mean, those two alone, um, I feel like, are going to carry them pretty far. So, and like you said, Kreider, that's huge um, for yeah. the, for like the mindset of the team to have Kreider still. And I think. Yeah. Um, his presence is really going to show up in the locker room and on the ice as well. So I feel like they're more than ready. And I feel like the hurricanes are still just kind of fighting to get there.
0: Yeah. The Rangers, like they were, they were like pushing for a legit playoff spot before the, before the break. So I think they're um, yeah, I think they're well positioned to, to, I mean, I guess it would surprise some people, but uh, I think they're, they could go pretty far
1: yeah well, there we go
0: we uh agree on two and are against on two so we'll see uh we'll see what happens we'll yeah to, we're uh, pretty even in. yeah for sure we'll have to do it again before the the next round to see how uh see how we did there
1: yeah can't wait
0: uh I guess that's enough hockey talk for now we can kind of check in on uh last time we chatted we discovered that we have a lot of tv shows in common that we like what have you been watching lately anything uh do you have time to watch anything or
1: actually no i've been so busy with my personal life lately i went from doing absolutely nothing to doing like everything at once so i actually have been making a list of shows that i need to catch up on i don't know if you've watched uh have you watched last chance you
0: I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm watching that right now, actually, the new season. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, because that's what I'm about yeah. to start watching because oh, I've seen every season great. and it's so yeah. addicting. I love I seeing um, all those, like, players and seeing, like, seeing those coaches turn them into, like, something yeah. big and seeing if they're up to the task of, like, revamping these high school, or not high school, it's uh what do you call it? Whatever Community you call those schools. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. think of the word. So yeah, I, probably, I'm definitely gonna be watching that probably this weekend. Nice.
0: It's um it's so weird because football out of all the like major sports is probably my least favorite to watch like week in and week out. But when it comes to like football shows or documentaries are so they're always so good and yeah, I loved the first I guess, four seasons of Last Chant 2. And this one, so far, I think I've watched three episodes. And it's so good so far still. Um, yeah, I can't wait this for one, this one. It's a bit different because this one is um, set in, like, a city. The other ones were, like, out in the country in the south. This one's, like, a school in Oakland. So it's it's pretty cool because, the yeah, just different dynamics of, like, living in a city and how trying to go to school in a city that's like so expensive and the, the school doesn't have dorms so that adds a whole new layer to it as well so it's really oh, good wow. so far and the coach is very likable too unlike the other two this guy is really i like him a lot
1: oh my gosh yes the last the um coach on the last season was it coach brown yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 he was such a hothead he was so verbally abusive and like he got into trouble yeah. with the law and stuff like at yeah, first yeah. it was funny but by the end of the season i was like this guy's psychotic
0: <laughs> yeah this guy this new coach he he dropped some f-bombs and stuff but he's like you can tell he's a good good person and yeah uh, i mean that's
1: any coach i mean yeah. you got yeah. like Tortorella, <laughs> who yeah. is like a loose yeah. cannon but he's still you know he's still not as bad as coach brown was in last chance you yeah, yeah.
0: The one thing that bugs me and you'll see it right away is the coach he has like this very thick log mustache and the <laughs> hairs like go over his top lip like it looks like it's gonna go into his mouth and it, <laughs> it that's, that really bugs me it, it looks so gross but now that's all him. i'm gonna notice while i'm yeah. I'm just going to like focus yeah. on
1: that and not going to enjoy the show.
0: The one thing I love is that it's, uh, they've already said that the next season is going to be, they're like pivoting to basketball, I guess. So there's only going to be one season from this school for football where we got two from the other ones, but I mean, it's all different, usually different players anyways, I guess. So that won't wow. be that big of a deal.
1: Oh, huh. well, I'm excited to, start watching we definitely have similar tastes in shows yeah
0: yeah i love that show i started watching it yeah when it came out and i think it was when wednesday or tuesday it came out so i'm excited to see the end of that
1: awesome yeah i'll probably finish it this weekend because i'm definitely doing nothing this weekend it's been such a long week so nothing but hockey and netflix
0: (laughs) yeah there's hockey on like 12 hours a day so you won't have uh do the two screens where you just watch a show and then watch hockey in the background, or the other way around?
1: Yeah, zero complaint. Over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, sweet. Thanks so much for for coming on again. It's always good to chat. And I said before you came on that uh, you know I love having you on, and I hope that we can chat pretty often throughout the playoffs. So this won't be the last time that that people hear from you. For people who missed your first time on, can you tell them uh, where they can find you on Twitter and where your Bruins uh, writing is at too?
1: Yeah, so uh, my Twitter is Tuka Rask, it's the number two K-A-R-A-S-K, and you can find any of my writing about the Bruins at puckerupsports.com. I'm fairly new, but I have four articles out right now, so you can check those out, and like I said, my most recent one was about Sean Corrales, so that's a good one for all Mm -hmm. you Bruins fans, because he's definitely one to keep an eye on. He's an up-and-comer, and he's really exciting to watch.
0: He's always scoring big goals it seems like too.
1: Oh yeah, he always comes up big.
0: <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, thanks so much again and um yeah, we'll definitely connect again whenever any Friday that you're able to come on, we can chat and uh other than that yeah, have a great weekend.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. You too. Go Bruins.